Welcome back to the Whatnots Reactor Core number 94. My name is Kyle Springer and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, hello. Hello. How are you? How has your weekend been? It's good. It's a pre-Thanksgiving errands weekend. I have, I have to go get groceries and hope the store isn't crowded. Yes, exactly. We've we've gotten some of our groceries and stuff all that because we're like let's get it before the rush is yeah there. so if we need any last minute stuff it's not like oh no everyone's out of tur- turkey or whatever you know um but it's good it's fun fun weekend indeed especially because 1899 is out uh mm-hmm. 1899 is the new te- television sh- show on netflix uh by the creators of dark Uh, I've been super excited for this show for a while since I found out about it like a year and some change ago. I I don't remember exactly when, but I've been excited. Uh, And then I know here we are. Yeah, yeah. And I have been planning on talking about it. We weren't sure exactly uh, how we were going to cover it, but I think we finally decided we were going to break it up into two parts. Uh, the first half and the second half of the sh- show. So today we are going to talk about the first four episodes of 1899. Melissa, are you excited? Yeah, <laughs> this has been a very enjoyable ride so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was the one that kind of introduced Dark to you. I don't remember if you had heard about it before I brought it on to the no. review show. Uh, w- one of our other podcasts i knew you mentioning it before you said we ought to actually watch it so you could show it to me yeah i because i had covered it like started to on another podcast all that stuff so yeah um but we covered the show in its entirety on the review show uh and i think it, it maybe not skyrocketed to your top favorite shows of all time <laughs> like it did me but enough to be like i like these creators yes, they, yes. they have some good stuff uh, yeah dark is an extremely well executed show it's very tightly plotted looks and sounds stunning it's like aesthetically one of the most pleasing things i've ever watched it's got an excellent cast but it is dark like the it, There are not moments of levity, humor, sweetness, charm. (laughs) Like it's a well-constructed show, but it is so heavy that as much as I admire it, I can't say, oh, I love that show. One of my favorites. But I was really interested to see what those creators would go on to do next. Yes, exactly. And I think they listened because they they, Mm -hmm. they put like one or two jokes in in here that I really enjoyed. Yeah, there's there is something in here that I laughed very hard at, but I don't think it's supposed to be a joke. Okay, well, then maybe not the thing I'm thinking of, but there was one thing that I laughed really hard at because I was like, this is stupid. This is great. I love it. But but no, 1899. I've been super excited for it for some time. I think it continues in the same kind of like atmospheric space that dark Mm -hmm. was in it's very moody it is very dark visually but it is rich there is details galore in the clothing that people are wearing to to their earrings to the things that they say little details in the background and the Mm -hmm. carpets and the pictures and the paintings all that stuff 
uh, it's filled with all sorts of details and it's it's a it's a mystery show. Mm-hmm. We're not sure exactly what is happening, what is going on. Uh, let me at least read the premise here from the Wikipedia page. And it says set in 1899, just at the t- turn of the new century, the series follows a group of European migrants traveling from London on a steamship named the Kerberos to start new lives in New York City. The passengers are united in optimism about the future, uh, uh, united in optimism about what the future holds until they encounter another migrant ship, the Prometheus, a drift ju- a on the open sea. A hitherto uncomplicated journey to the promised l- l- land t- turns into a horrifying nightmare of staggering proportions. First off, I got to say, I think this is the first time on the show we've ever said hitherto. I think so. I think it's the first (laughs) time in my life I've said that. Finally, now that you're 32, you're hitherto. (laughs) Indeed. Um, Yeah, I I think that is a a pretty good, like, Mm -hmm. spoiler-free summary of what this is. I I think I might just add a couple more details in there um, that, yeah, it's a bunch of my my garants from mostly around Europe, but they speak Mm -hmm. all sorts of different languages, including Cantonese and French and German uh, Norwegian, all sorts of st- stuff. Dutch, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not clear on exactly what languages everything is all in there. Um, but it, yeah, all sorts of different p- p- people, uh, and things are just immediately strange with with this story. Yes. Uh, no we time. open with with this weird poem. Uh, we we open with this I- I- imagery of like a, a a strange giant black pyramid in the middle of the ocean and these crazy vortexes and stuff like that. It just right off the bat, hits the ground running with something is weird here. Yeah, like not everything is as it seems. Um. And I think the mystery revolves around this second ship, the Prometheus, uh, that has basically been missing for the past four months. They lost contact with the ship. They don't know if it was attacked or if it sank or if just communications are out and they went somewhere else. Um, They're not sure exactly what happened. And the Kerberos, uh, as they are sailing to New York, come across this mysterious signal that they believe is from the Prometheus. They go off course to investigate. And that's truly when the weird things start happening and the mysteries start to unravel. Um, And yeah, I'm excited to see where this show goes. I don't know if this is meant to be like a mini series, like it's only, only meant to be this one thing or if they're, planning more seasons after this i'm not sure yet um Mm -hmm. especially since i haven't seen the whole show yet yeah Uh, yeah we don't know if it ends on a cliffhanger or not right we'll we'll keep (laughs) watching we'll know later when we do these reactor cores about a show that drops all at once 
and we're not talking about all of it at once. Like, I can't watch five episodes and only talk about four. Like, if we're going to talk about four, I can only watch four. I can't cloud my mind with anything else. Exactly. I, I was thinking about almost w- watching it all and, like, c- c- coming in t- to this with a whole bunch of extra knowledge, not to spoil it, but just to... Mm. Have some extra context, but I was like, nah, I'll I'll wait. I'll hold off. Uh, yeah. So we keep in mind, we are coming into this purposefully contextless. <laughs> we only watched four episodes. We might wonder about a lot of things that you, the listener, already have answered for you if you watched episode five. Right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I think with that in mind, uh, I, I feel like this is going to be like a. a it's not going to be as short as our like half an hour. We just watched the latest episode of whatever show that we mm-hmm. watch that we typically do. I don't yeah. think this will be as long as our like hour and a half spoiler casts or or who knows what that we tend to do for may may movies. I feel like this is going to be somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but still uh, spoiler free so far. Do you have any other kind of thoughts that you want to add? to this or are you ready to dive into spoilers there is one thing i want to say if there's an audience member who has not yet started watching 1899 if you wanted to learn a little bit about it it is a big ensemble cast (laughs) you're following like 14 characters Yeah. yeah and it is not just multicultural but multilingual like a lot most of the dialogue is in subtitles in multiple different languages (laughs) the show you really have to pay attention to but one of the strengths of it and this is one of the strengths of dark as well it's a really well cast show like all the performers are doing an excellent job but also they they all look very distinct like you never you might see a character and maybe you don't remember what their name is but you remember who they are like every crew member on the ship who you spend more than like two minutes with you can tell everybody apart so a lot is going on, but I, I don't think it's difficult to follow. And I think they really worked hard to make sure that you were only wondering about the mysteries they wanted you to wonder about. And you weren't like, who is this again? Where are they from? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so if you are going to check it out, we hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, I think so far this first half of the show, I am enjoying a lot. Uh, but again, since I don't know if this is only going to be like a mini series or something, I'm I'm potentially worried or concerned that it might be too much of a mystery uh, mm. to tackle in this show. But we shall see. Who knows? Because I I thought Dark was like perfectly plotted out to tell the story they wanted to tell. Uh, so mm. I think if they went into that with that same skills set and that same knowledge uh then i feel like the show will be exactly what it needs to be mm-hmm. so we shall see that being said i say we get into spoilers let's get into get, get into discussing some of the mysteries and such um okay what do you want to talk about first, Melissa? Should I do like a brief rundown of the episodes? Just like a real quick, here's what each one focuses on. No, I, <laughs> let's just get into it. What are your thoughts, Kyle? What Ooh, do you think okay. is 
the deal with what's going on. Because I'm leaning towards this is a simulation of some kind. I don't think what we're seeing is real at all. Potentially. I, I think the the first things that I want to talk about is that symbol, the like upside down triangle yes, with yes. that line between it, as well as the opening credits uh, of oh, this, yeah, which I, I the- think is maybe a clue in and of itself that I don't think people will necessarily know who knows it might not be but i i think it is a clue so let's start with that symbol all right yeah. there is this kind of logo it it turns out that this is the logo of i think the the shipping company that this boat mm, mm. Uh, is owned by that they are on they are also the one that owns uh the prometheus the the ship that went missing but it seems like this motif of a, tr- a triangle mm-hmm. is a reoccurring theme in this show um of course a triangle just in history in literature has all kinds of different meanings and connotations all sorts of stuff uh i think right right off the bat uh if you invert it and it is a pyramid with that top part split off it's the illuminati all-seeing eye Right. Which is already just like, OK, there's, you know, right. There's a, a mysterious thing with yeah that. I think this whole show also taking place on a boat. You and I recently for the review show, one of our other podcasts watched the Titanic. It could be just a tip of an ice. Yeah. Right. Which again implies just like this is just a small bit of the Mm. mystery that is happening here right um i think religiously you can have the holy Mm. trinity right the father son and the holy spirit uh there is a lot of religious themes here there is a whole group of people that are traveling to uh new york to start a church uh, they are also a, 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 within the the show. They are kept in the bottom of the ship. They are kind of considered like the third class mm. tickets uh, here in 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 this. And so they're kind of locked up, which is strange and mysterious to me. Yeah. But I also don't know exactly all the cultural norms that maybe would have been in there or or right yeah we don't know if it's like if like this boat in this story is like no there's a grate to the lower levels you don't go down there or if this was unfortunately common practice we don't have a lot of shipping context we don't know from old boats yeah or because they they are the 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 people that are down there those are the norwegian people is that right are they dutch i don't I, the main characters we are following are Danish, but I think there are d- people from all, all over the area who are in that lower okay. level. Just our protagonists, the people we're following, the people who are sort of leading the religious services. I think they are from Denmark or, or nearby. So, yeah, like I, I don't know if that is like a racial prejudice or r- religious persecution or who knows what. Um but it it there it, there is this line right yeah. in the logo that splits this tr- triangle. Uh, I don't know if that is supposed to re- represent some kind of separation. Like it is 
the the father separated from the the son and the holy spirit Mm. is it something else entirely um but it is a recurring motif it is this mysterious symbol that keeps appearing um and i i i I, you see it in in the carpet on the ship in some some of the the things uh the captain of the ship discovers these like shafts deeper down into the ship that are just completely black tiled uh like how did this get there why is it there i know every inch of this ship this mm. is not on the blue it's prince why and is it's it in so there so modern looking it is this yes. glossy black extremely neat subway tile it looks absolutely anachronistic to the rest like, of the ship like a ceramic bathroom tile. yeah you've seen like the white <laughs> version of this in like someone's sh- sh- shower yes right this is um, like hgtv glamour that he's finding under a mysterious hatch under his bed in this wooden ship right yeah it's mysterious uh you see the symbol on certain p- people's c- clothing it's on the Chinese woman's kimono, uh, mm. which we then learn a little bit about her backstory is that that yes. woman murdered someone and took her place. There's multiple people on this boat who murdered someone and then took their <laughs> place on, on the ship. Yeah. That also, oh, my also God. Weird like, recurring theme. Um, almost nobody is who they actually tell you they are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, which is did. Yeah. I. I, I I have no idea, but it's it's on the k- k- kimono. Uh, it's in the French woman's e- e- earrings. The yeah, honeymooner. it like that symbol yeah. is in her earrings. Um, man, it is. It's wild uh, just see, to see all the this, spots that that's in. This is what makes me lean, um, among other things, makes me lean towards. I think this is some sort of simulation. It is in so many places it's baffling that the characters aren't like weird there's that triangle again and some characters are like uh mora finds the tattoo of the symbol on the mysterious little boy in the velvet suit and she's like wait that's the same symbol it's under the captain's bed and the captain's like oh that's the logo of the shipping company like some characters are drawing lines between some of them uh but like clemence like the lady, the French lady, she's got it in her earrings. She's got it in like a barrette on like the back of her head that we don't see very well. I think it's there yeah. too. She's wh- why would she have earrings that look like the logo of the ship? She's walking through the ship. That company logo is like printed on the carpet. It's not hidden. It is very clearly there. Like you notice it like the first or second time you look at the carpet, you're like, that's that triangle again. The fact that yeah. she's not like weird. Isn't it weird that's triangles everywhere? Like this motif keeps appearing very clearly in very obvious places. And so few of the characters notice it or put it together. It's like they've got this sort of blind spot to the the literal and metaphorical architecture around them. Sure. The one defense against that, the one counterpoint is, yes, mm. it is the shipping company's logo. They all bought tickets on this they i i feel like they would have seen this and know that this boat is owned by a company that uses this logo so seeing it in the carpet they're not going to really really remark of course yeah yeah on on the boat (laughs) somewhere 
but I also just don't feel like it's the culture of like that shipping company to have a gift shop and the honey so like, right. oh, I like these earrings. Let me buy those. And yeah. Do, you know, like, yeah, I, this isn't a cruise. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it's it's interesting that this is now starting to pop up more and more. And it's not yet truly c- commented on, at least in the first half of this. Yeah. Show. Like. Some of them are obvious, like, oh, the shipping company, I can see them putting the logo in the carpet. And some of them are like those earrings. It's just sort of a different intersecting geometric shapes. That one's a little bit more hidden, but it on the back of the kimono, it's very clearly that. And uh, again, the fact that and like when the girl she killed, May May, when she first shows the kimono to Ying Li, it's like, look, look at this thing. Look at the design on it. Isn't it pretty? So then when Yingli gets on the ship, is she like, what does the does the shipping company also earn this own the sex service I work for? Do they want the shipping company logo also on the geisha outfits? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, But I I, I think that kind of leads into your theory of a simulation Mm. uh, as well as the opening credits. Uh, The Mm. opening credits to this show are very almost sci-fi like like yes. modern like the cg animated but the the animation is very plasticky it's all these like cubes coming to these like fractal mm. shapes in waves and these like plastic looking figures of the characters like deteriorating into They're like marble like, statues digital yeah it, it's something like that it, it just it feels very sci-fi very cyberpunk yes. very computerized um and it's just in it's such an interesting clash of like it's set in 1899 they're on this old ship it's like this old world they're on their way to the new world right like it yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like something is up. Maybe mm. this isn't truly set in 1899. It, only the simulation is set in 1899, if that is such a thing there. What are your thoughts on these opening cr- credits here? Uh, the opening credits of Dark are the highest tier. I think those are the best opening credits I have ever seen, at least under the drama category. I think if you ask me under the comedy category, Peacemaker wins that. But (laughs) I was a little let down. I think if I hadn't have seen Dark first, I would think these credits were much cooler. I think they also go by very quickly. I mean, there's a lot of names they have to fit in there. You know, the episodes are already like a solid hour long. But I would like to see these opening credits played at like half speed. And I think they might be a little bit more impactful. Yeah. But another thing I want to talk about with why I'm leaning toward it being a simulation. The show has a format kind of like Lost in that there's a lot of flashbacks. And each episode has one character it's focusing on and showing us their flashbacks. And but the they are aware. Motif. Yeah, the eye motif too. And the, every character is aware that, that they, they are find, right. <laughs> There's you can see the lost DNA in here very clearly. I 
<laughs> which yeah. I always appreciate it. That's that's one of our favorite shows. You're ready for a lot of lost references. Every character is aware that they are having a flashback. Like they're sort of consciously in it. And they're all flashbacks of these traumatic moments in their life. And a traumatic moment that kind of put them on the path to getting on this ship. And when they're reliving these moments, they're saying, no, you're, why is this happening again? That's something Ying Li does and something Jerome does. When they're, they're in these situations, they're like, moments. Yeah. yeah. And they were kind of, it seems like they were expecting, th- expecting or at least hoping things would go differently. Like when Ying Li, who wanted to take this girl's place, she wanted to just give her something that would kind of knock her out. Like she was not intending to kill this girl. So when the girl like drinks this tea and like gets these stomach pains and doubles over and she's moaning and crying, Ying Li is like, no, it's not supposed to happen like this again. Why is this happening again? Like, I, I wonder if these are if this is like a more contemporary story where these characters are undergoing something that is meant to help them relive and change their memories of mm. traumatic events that happened to them. And I think maybe the shift that we are seeing is like the sort of antechamber. It's like the framing device for these therapeutic uh, flashbacks they're undergoing. Like this, like the whole ship feels like it's a waiting room or something. It's like the lobby when you're waiting to join like a, like a video game server or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's interesting because we also do get a scene very close to the start, uh, which you, you're not really able to tell exactly what time period it is in, but it is. Yeah. What's her name? The main character Mora? girl. Moira. Yeah. Um, she has this scene where it, it appears that she is in some kind of medical facility, maybe some kind of asylum uh, psych ward type of thing. And it just they they seem to be like dragging her back into her room as uh, she like yells out for I think for her father and she mentioned something like like I, yeah. I I I figured out what you were doing on the boat or something like that uh-huh. which I don't know if that impl- implies that he was some he ended up somehow showing up on the boat or is just like I know what you were doing with like you own these mm. boats here mm. um, something there but yeah it, like there is that mysterious thing of like is this all some kind of like mass hallucination thing? Because every hmm. episode also starts with this flashback and Moira, the vo- voice of Moira telling each character to wake up. Like you, you, you hear, hear this wake up like yeah. whispered. And it, it in the subtitles, it says that it's Mo- Mo- Moira's vo- 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 voice oh. that says that. It's not their the own like each character. So I don't know. Yeah, exactly it is what the same means, voice but... for every episode. I didn't realize it was her voice. Right. Yeah. Um, so that I, I feel like that adds to some kind of either like simulation or mass hallucination or so- something like that. Um so yeah. Another thing I've latched on to, I don't know if the passage of time is exactly clear in these first couple episodes. I don't think it's been very, I think it's been like a day or two, but 
nobody is changing clothes. Even the more upper class passengers who have nicer rooms or wearing nicer clothes, who you know must have brought suitcases full of other clothes, they're wearing the same thing. Everybody's frozen in these exact same outfits. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's that's an interesting thing, too. I, I think a, a more abstract thing that might add to the simulation theory stuff is the names of the boats. Um, mm. So Prometheus, obviously a mythological figure, uh, stole fire from Zeus. Carboros is a alternate spelling for Cerberus. A three-headed yes. dog in the tri, you know, right? There's the three. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was the guardian of the underworld that was meant to keep oh, souls yeah. there. And yes. so, with these people, with the captain of the ship seeing his dead family on there, right? With Moira being on the ship, hoping to find her brother, uh, who is potentially dead 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 we don't know um with the chinese woman having accidentally murdered uh her friend right with the uh hispanic uh guy who's posing as a priest having murdered Mm -hmm. the actual priest and Mm -hmm. has taken his spot right there seems to be this kind of motif of death or traumatic experience right we also have the two the two french soldiers who were in the war yeah. um like they they have like the white guy who's on the honeymoon he, he mm, also has mm. ptsd that's why his hand is sh- sh- shaking and he has those seizures well I, th- well, I think it is psychological. And I think he does also have some sort of terminal medical thing going on as well. There's, there's a lot going on with Lucian. Yeah. I, well, the, the only reason I say PTSD is uh, there's another German show I've watched, Babylon Berlin, where the main character in that, a detective, takes that same stuff. Because, because his hand shakes, he gets these seizures, mm. and it is because he was in the war. Okay. Uh, so that's just what my mind went to. Um, and then we get those flashbacks with Lotion and Jerome mm. uh, in in the war together. Um and so so yeah there there's there's all sorts of stuff in there but yeah it could be that yeah that these there's multiple people at some kind of asylum or something like that that are having trouble dealing with a loss of a family member or some kind of traumatic experience that they need help getting over um and i think that's also kind of one of the themes of the show i I know Mm -hmm. in the wikipedia uh they said like according to some interviews they made this as like like kind of a response to a response to the european migrant crisis and to brexit and they wanted to have a show that was truly like multinational multicultural but focusing on europeans and despite the Mm -hmm. language barrier uh, which oftentimes 
poses it like as an obstacle they wanted something that that could like they could overcome right Mm -hmm. Um, so i don't know there's lots of stuff here uh because we have this this weird boy and daniel solace who i think are the same character i i think that is a younger Mm. version of daniel maybe Uh, yeah but i don't i don't know they both like control I, the, those uh beetles that can like give directions beetles. and unlock doors and stuff like that <laughs> the episode description for i think it's episode two is so funny because out of context because it just says a bug on deck leads to tragedy <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, See, I was thinking the first time we saw that boy, I'm like, that's the baby from the future. Yeah, potentially. It c- and I, I think at the very beginning of the first episode, Maura is talking about how I thought like her dad had her institutionalized and like messed with her head. Like put, put her under drugs, did something to her that is affecting her memory. And the mm-hmm. way Daniel looks at her, I was thinking that's her brother, but she no longer rem- recognizes that that is her brother. Very well could be. I, I, I had that same thought. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know what is up with Daniel Solace because the, the, so when, when they go to investigate this mysterious signal from the Prometheus, they, they get there, the ship all the lights are off they go investigate the ship is empty except for the small boy who they find locked in this like cupboard um Uh it reminds me uh, of the little kids hiding in the kitchen from the velociraptors in jurassic park exactly (laughs) just pull open a cupboard and there he is in his little velvet berries and cream suit (laughs) exactly um and at, at at while they are investigating that there is a scene on the Kerberos where, yeah, a hand reaches up and this guy starts climbing on to the ship and it is Daniel. Um, and we just we don't know anything about him. Was he on that ship? Did he come from the water? What 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 is happening here? Um, yeah. So it's... many mysteries. So the last thing we saw at the end of episode four. So. After the they they take berries and cream boy onto the carbus, the like people start dying mysteriously in ways that you cannot tell how they died. Like when the little girl dies, they're like, there's not a mark on her. Like she's very clearly dead, but right. we cannot see how she was injured at all. But people start dying that way, and they're like, it's the boy. And it happened after we took the boy on board. It's gotta be the boy. So then there's a mutiny and they do push the little boy off the side of the boat. But then like on the inside of the ship, they're in some room, like some of the, some of the characters we've left are talking the people who were like on the boy's side, like I can't believe we let them do that to the boy. What are we going to do? What's happening? And then there's like a glowing light and a cabinet door starts shaking and they go over there and the boy climbs right back out again. These these episodes have had great, like, final weird moments to them. They're yes. very good at that. Yeah. Because um, even at the end of episode three, 
Daniel like messes with some like device thing that he has. It looks like one of those like square puzzles where there's one tile missing yeah. and you have yeah. to like rotate things to get them all in, in the right spot. Um, but he does something and that activates these devices on the ships and the Kerberos disappears. Um, and Whoop. which is, is just kind of, it just bloop, out of existence, yeah. which is also maybe another lost reference to her, her, yes. Hurley saying the island. Um, but uh, <laughs> and, yeah, like there, there is that there's these mysterious deaths. Um, I, I think, yeah, the appearance of Daniel, uh, I, I, I think also just the fact that no one questions, like you weren't here three days ago when yeah left, like where were you who who are right. you right the, this ship is small enough like i think they're like three or four days into the voyage and already like there's rumors about people people are looking at other people in the dining hall and like trying to imagine who they are and noticing like okay this one lady always comes in here by herself she's traveling alone it's 1899. Why is this woman traveling alone? Where is her husband? You got to right, have yeah. one of those. It's 1899. It's so essential. Like, yeah, this does. <laughs> right. This does seem like a world where they would be like, hey, where's that guy from? Where, where is he from? Yeah. Again, like I was saying earlier, like there are weird things happening and not everybody is as cognizant of them as you'd think they would be, which makes me think. Okay, there's some sort of purposeful blind spot that has been like engineered into whatever experience these people are having. I think also there is like selective understanding. Like everyone mm. speaks their own language, but at certain very strategic, important moments, it seems like everyone can understand each other. Like, not in a direct, like, Wait, you understood me, didn't you? Like you, you laughed right. at my at my joke, even though I'm speaking a Son different language. Son secretly knows English, right? Yeah, uh, it's not like that. It's 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 in scenes when the captain is like, "I've decided to turn, turn, turn oh, us yeah. back around," yes. and everyone immediately reacts like they know what he just said. That's true. But it's like yeah. you're speaking in English. Not everyone here speaks English. How how like I like I was expecting a scene where everyone is like, what did he just say? What does that mean? Where, where like only a handful of the people who speak English know what he says and then they have to mm. translate and play this game of telephone. But it's instant. Um, there, There's weird things. The, the one we saw in the trailer, too, where everyone mm. takes a sip yes. of the tea at the same yeah. time for no reason. It, they just it's a calibration test at the same time yeah um yeah it, it's it's interesting i don't know exactly what uh one of my thoughts was also uh what if they're like they are somehow switching between like alternate realities uh of mm -hmm. this thing of like the prometheus basically is their boat right it is the same mm. design i think um but it like what if that was their boat in another reality somehow and it, they just got shifted because it every now and then, especially with these them like reliving these flashbacks, it seems like reality is shifting somehow. Yes. Um, yes. 
But again, I, I don't know what that means. That could be a digital reality, right? Or it could be a physical one. Mm-hmm. Another thing, when Jerome shows up, he's wearing clearly a sailor's uniform, but nobody else in any part of the crew on the ship is wearing that uniform. And he just sort of, like, he walks out of, like, where they store the coal. How Was he a stowaway? He's a, he's a stowaway. It seems like yes. he just... So it, it, to me, it almost felt like this guy just spawned here. Like he just arose out of coal. I didn't exist before. Is essentially because uh, the captain went down to the coal place uh, to tell Olek to go check on mm. the coal, uh, or they they had to like restart something, and Olek had to go like hit the switch. And when Olek went in that room, he heard something in that room there like is someone else in here with me mm. he didn't see anyone then after he flipped the switch and left that's when jerome okay. came out of the coal and that's why his stuff is all like covered in soot and stuff like that um so yeah he I, at I, least stowed away but you're right yeah could have just spawned in, right. in there and that's what it's like oh he just happened to spawn inside a giant pile of coal right whoops you, he just no clipped out of the, the place he's supposed to be in exactly exactly um uh, I, I do have to give a shout out to the coal workers in there this is the joke that i thought was hilarious yeah, yes, the, yes. The, the, when you see them in episode one he's like what if it's wolves like, what if it's a giant wolf? And they're all just like, you idiot. Like, how would a wolf do any of this? And I, right. I thought that would be like the one and done thing. But then we see him in like episode three or four and the mm. same guy comes back and has a necklace of garlic. And his his friend is like, what's that for? He's like, protection. He goes, against what? He goes, the wolves. And he's like, <laughs> you idiot that won't keep the wolves away that's vampires and then they, they go he's like vampires aren't real or he says something like, like that they get in this argument like, of like yeah he's like, like i think werewolves and vampires are, are pretty similar and they're like those neither of them are real and he's like, well, how do you know, they're dude? like what have you ever seen a vampire and he, like, yeah, his argument is, I've never seen Russia, but I know Russia is real. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I was like, this is great. I love these so, characters because I was if, I, if this is a simulation, this, I think, is a theory against it. They are stuck mm. down there in the coal mine. They have nothing to do with anything else go, 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 going on in the ship except just shoveling coal. Well, mate, we they're really the coders. Them. Are they? They're the coders. They're maintenance. Yeah. Like they are not people who are in the simulation. I think maybe they're part of like engineering the simulation, but they're like low level lackeys who just sort of move things around and they don't truly know the purpose of what's happening. Yeah. Well, I yeah, don't know. That's my, I don't that's know. My po that's my point is that they really aren't involved with the plot and the mystery, at least as far as we know. I mean, who knows? There's still four episodes to yeah. go. It might be wolves and vampires. Right. We might get a whole flashback <laughs> episode for Garlic Boy. Right. Yeah. 
uh, that that other French woman who seems to be uh, in charge of the Chinese women there. They seem uh, to be indebted yeah, like, to her. She could absolutely be a vampire. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Right. And she, and when she first arrives, when she's first talking to Mora, there's something about this lady where I thought, oh, she knows something. She's yes, the key to everything. She knows more. She knows more. And I, yeah. And as the show goes on, it's clear that she is running some sort of sex service where she uh, is connected to these these sex workers all across the globe and is like pulling them into this probably very shady job like there in New York City. So I know she's yeah, some, like knows more like in like a criminal sense. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is the larger plot of this. Maybe she's not just th- this sort of madam of the women you know she's taking on this ship but maybe she is yeah one of the controlling forces of the the meta the meta game (laughs) she's one of the scientists putting all these people in the simulation who knows before we forget the part that i laughed at so hard again i don't think it is supposed to be a joke i don't think it's supposed to be funny we talked about how the people on the bottom levels of the ship are literally gated away from everybody else. It's like an old-time elevator grate that's over the, yeah. the stairs down there. And it's uh, the, the Spanish guy who goes up What's to... The is it Crestor? Yeah. Yes! The hand job through <laughs> the metal grate. I thought this was hysterical <laughs> that the hand job comes with this metallic chunk, 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 chunk noise. He's really banging the gate. Yeah, he he is doing that so with hard. Such <laughs> this force, is aggressive. Right? With such force, just, it is right. Wild. Just this, just this unnecessary loud metallic hand job. I thought, and was still so no funny. one, no right. one can like hear this thing. Like they, when they they ask it because they they find the dead g- 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 girl, and when he when Crestor finally shows up, they're like, "Where have you been?" Of course, he can't say because he doesn't want to be right. like, I was just g- g- giving a hand job to some random Spanish <laughs> guy up, 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 up there. <laughs> but how, how, like, how did none of them hear this? It's this loud metallic you know, banging. Right. Nobody heard it. Like, I would love a cut to like with garlic boy. And he's like, you hear that banging? I think it's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Something like that would have been fantastic. Um, Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't I I don't know where this is going yet. There's still so many places that this could go with the kind of religious stuff happening. There is a supernatural Mm. element to all of this is the young boy. The Grim Reaper is Daniel the Grim Reaper here. I don't know. Something I did also look up uh, the name Moira. Um, Moira. Yeah, maybe maybe you can pronounce it by Moira did in Ireland or something, but it it is spelled Moira. It's spelled M. It's M-A-U-R-R-R-R-A. But yeah, I think in the show they pronounce it Moira. Just not the spelling I'm used to. But I looked up the name. There is a line where she says she's not Irish, 
but the Irish yeah. name, even though she has red red hair and kind of has yes. an accent that implies she might be from over that way, mm-hmm. um, the Irish d- definition of the name. Let me, let me p- pull up my notes. I've been writing See, back and forth to someone about all of this <laughs> stuff. Where is it here? Um, Captain's Log. <laughs> Thursday, November 17th. Right. Uh, here we go. So uh, the name Mora means star of the sea. Uh, Interesting that they're out on a boat in the middle of the water. But in most languages means something like dark. Um, <laughs> the Hebrew def- def- defines the name as the wished f- for child. Uh, or mm. rebellion or bitter, um, which the Irish definition also translates to bitter. Uh, so I, that, that I, I don't know if that is anything here, but I had a moment in my mind where I was like, what if she is the de- 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 devil? Like she seems to be the one because there is the thing is that her name was on the manifest for yes uh the prometheus so then how is she also on this ship too uh there is something weird going on with that we don't know Mm. if that is a supernatural power or if this is just a simulation that is repeating uh or some time loop or some weird alternate reality um thing or if it's a uh, not everyone is who they say they are uh, and like you said, she had something up with her memory. She she can't yeah. remember stuff. So maybe she is not Moira. Um, I don't know. But there, right right now, I I I just I have no idea where this is going exactly. Yeah, I you can kind of tell. You can maybe get to what flavor of mystery you are dealing with. But the details, who's pulling the strings, why the strings are being pulled, how the strings were constructed and tied to puppets. You don't know any of that yet. Uh, it's its exciting. I think the stuff is fun. I like that the show really didn't waste any time in immediately being like, we are a mystery box show. Like, that is our yeah. entire purpose. That is our brand. This isn't going to be a slow build. It's going to be weird immediately. Have fun. Indeed. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about for a, qu- a quick bit is the anachronistic songs at the end of every e- episode Two, the mm. like classic rock songs that play at the end of yeah. this. Of, co- of course, the opening credits is also a cover of White Rabbit. Uh, that first mm. episode does that song proper at the end which that song implies some mystery like some rabbit hole that you fall down right i think these songs are also clues i'm wondering if these clues are also a little bit too on the nose i did see a pretty scathing article about 1899 from i think kotaku it, it was the website that was like the worst thing about this show is the songs. They're awful at 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 the end here. They're so on the nose. They list out the songs except for the final two, which they said are spoilers. 
So that's oh. also why I'm kind of been like, I wonder if these are clues and maybe some line in the song mirrors what's happening and which they they do or is some hint at who the characters are in episode four when this kid returns what's the song that's playing don't fear the reaper yeah so i that's why i was like i ooh, could he be the grim reaper here like is is this something because they are dealing with death and like seeing uh your loved ones as well as the whole like uh fairy man thing to death i don't know they could all be dead and this is purgatory right right like i think like they thought the boy was dead and then when don't fear the reaper plays as he reappears i thought it was like oh maybe this is you have entered some sort of a space where you can't die don't fear the reaper absolutely be go ahead and jump off yeah yeah it could absolutely be something like that I was not thinking very much about these songs at the end of the episode because that's something Dark did. I think just about every episode of Dark ended with a musical montage where you sort of checked in on all the characters you'd been spending time with that episode. Like 10 minutes from the end, everybody, like every episode had this montage yeah. where it sort of circled back around to everybody, tied things up in a knot, and then there was like one final scene and that was the end of the episode. And Dark was a show that had a lot of time travel and the song they were using was not always tied to the time they were in. It's not like they only played 80s songs when they were in the 80s. Uh, Right. So I I wasn't thinking I was just meaning I was seeing this as like a stylistic echo of something that these creators had done before. Like this must be a format that they like. So I just thought about it in that sense. And the songs are. Like, they're kind of well-trod songs. Like, Don't Fear they're the Reaper sounds popular. cool. but it, Right. But it, you've heard it in so many different circumstances. Like, <laughs> they've heard it in an episode of Supernatural or something. Like, it's sure, hard to yeah. hear it in a dramatic context like this and feel like you've really seen something new. Uh, that was my only critique of it was, at least in these four episodes we saw, there's songs I like. There's songs that I think are good thematic matches but there's not anything in that scene where the song is used that's like wow you've really done something new with that song yeah the 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 thing that i would like to add to what you just said is i think well the 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 like song playing at the end of an episode during a montage thing is a very popular trope that all sorts of tv shows do but dark the the songs never felt anachronistic. They never felt like they, they they felt tonally like they should be in there. It felt like it mixed in with the the score of that show with the opening mm. theme. Like it felt cohesive in a way. Yeah. These these songs in eighteen ninety nine to me stand out like that. Like mm. sort of um right like they like oh. This should not be the kind of song that's playing right now, except for maybe to give me some kind of hint or clue or message like this is tone like it's not tonally cohesive, but maybe Mm. in the message it is. 
it, mm-hmm, it's mm. it's cohesive in a different way that i think is the way i'm viewing it um so i don't know what to think of them because i don't think they're bad songs i don't think they're bad song choices i liked mm-hmm. the choice of the the trailer using the all along the watchtower yes. one which i know comes up later on in the series uh they they use that one um that i because that sparked some discussion for for us of like Mm. That song implies some kind of duty, someone who is watching out for some kind of threat, right? So, like, is there someone on the boat who has that job? Who's or is it something like that? Does this song choice imply something about the show that we can extrapolate and uh, go on that way? I, I I just. I, I still I think because I don't know what to make of the mystery yet. I don't know what to make of the songs yet. Yeah. Um, it, so we, we have to watch. We have to will. learn more. I I did notice that these songs that they are playing are uh, they're from like the 60s through the 80s. We haven't had anything that is contemporary to our time, time. yet. And I. I did kind of wonder if they're the just going cover of the white yeah. rabbit at the start and the opening credits. Like, I'm not sure when that song was made, but yeah, but, but, but the source song is several decades old. I did notice that I did wonder if, okay, so the show is called 1899 and you look at the logo and it's that triangle triangles have existed forever. But when you think about the time period of 1899, I don't think about a lot of geometric shapes. I think about that in like the 20s with like art deco and things like that. So sure. Even though a triangle has existed forever, this like bright, clear, like graphic triangle logo does feel like a little more modern than the time we're in. And the font, it's in this like clear, like sans serif font. Again, another thing that doesn't feel like it really belongs in the year and I'm like, this doesn't look like 1899. This looks like 1989. So I did, I did kind of right. wonder, maybe a modernist and all- approach to that logo. I think we see a different yeah. version of it on the uh, panel that covers up those mysterious mm. shafts, where it the like the at least the thing that is dividing that tr- 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 triangle is made to look like it is a prism on its own thing, like mm. it is a 3D object thing. Right. But the mm. actual logo that we typically see is just these very simple modernist la 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 la. Yeah. Which, sure, mysterious. It's very cult like, right? But when you think of like yeah. secret societies and their symbols, they are these very intricate like uh tools and designs, and there's details in them. Like you think mm. of like, yeah, the all saying eye on the back mm. of our dollar bill and all of that stuff you think of the mm. freemasons logo it's these very intricate stuff uh where it's not mm. just a simple shape with a thing in that yeah it's it's so minimal it it doesn't it feels like it's on like the cover of a techno album or something like a band whose name is just all capital letters like with the vowels removed and maybe there's like spaces right, in there the right right the what? the prism pink the pink floyd dark side of them is that oh, sure, what i'm sure. thinking of right yeah like that type of thing that's, a, that's an up triangle um well it's a triangle all right it's a triangle <laughs> it's a triangle but, but uh 
I so the technology, the anachronistic technology we see in the show, like episode two ends with you like zoom out from a shot of the captain and it's on like an old timey TV, not old timey, but like yes, a yes, 60s, 70s looking TV screen. Oh it's like a very end of WandaVision episode one type of ending where you pull Someone's out and yeah, them. you're seeing, yeah. right. And the te- like when Daniel like unlocks that panel on the side of the ship and there's like a weird Morse code thing and like a couple buttons, they look like elevator buttons. Like they don't look from that time period, but they also don't look really contemporary. I I was wondering if this is a simulation, when is the simulation being created? What is the main timeline? Sure. Maybe it's 18, maybe it's 1989 and they're like, as part of your treatment, we were sending you back a hundred years to 1890, 90 years to, to 1899. Yeah. Could be something like that. And so it like could the, be I, now I'm I'm even thinking of like Cold War era. Like, what? Yeah, this yeah, is like F- yeah. FBI, MK Ultra, CIA, stuff like that. Some kind of like fringe science experiment. Uh that is maybe gone wrong who knows yeah we don't know yeah we if we don't know what the goal is we can't tell if it's gone wrong or not right yeah but yeah i i did think about that a little like maybe that's a reason why we are getting classic rock songs like i don't i think the most modern song we heard is the killing moon by echo and the bunny men like I did notice nothing we only have a sample size of four but i'm like nothing is from our time maybe the fact that it's in this particular time period in musical history does kind of mean something. I was mm-hmm. thinking about a little, but not as much as I was like, oh, this is like what they did in Dark again. Yeah. Remember yeah. Dark? I'm, 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 I'm just trying to extrapolate any kind of detail that the camera lingers yeah, on. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, does the, the what room does any of it mean? 10, 11, does that like coincide with some kind of bible verse maybe does that coincide with a date does that i i i, I, I don't know 1899 if you add one and eight binary that's another nine, nine. yes one zero bi- one one just simple binary i, I did look, 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 look it up that doesn't necessarily mean anything in binary so i don't know but uh yeah that would be another hint at it is a simulation right it is just up or down it is on or off it is a binary some kind of matrix like code um but yeah i i i don't know i was i was saying the add the one and the eight it's another nine 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 is like an angel number which adds to the religious connotations uh, upside down because the triangle is also upside down that's six 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 uh, right, yeah. which is the mark of the beast. Two, two, they think the kid is the devil. He might be the grim right. reaper. Like, there's so much stuff in here that I'm like, everything must mean something. So I'm overthinking everything here. <laughs> I know. I think there is a lot of detail and care in this show. Uh, we can tell that things mean things. We just don't have enough context yet to tell what they mean. And this might be the sort of show where even after you've seen the whole thing. You'll rewatch it and you're like, oh, Oh, I never picked up on this motif. Absolutely. Which is always exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
I do have to say, so far, I think my favorite character is Jerome. I like him a lot. Don't I know like why, him a lot. I he's a good guy. I I I think the the people from Spain are really interesting. Like that that guy, the guy's not nice. He's not a good guy, but he's really interesting to watch. Like those sure, two yeah. have got really interesting chemistry with each other. Yeah. Um yeah, that, that, all of these characters, I think, are, are really fascinating to yeah. watch. They're, they're all great actors. It's phenomenal. I do also want to yeah. shout out the sound design. Uh, I, I, I was watching the show with these headphones on. The creaking of the ship, the little conversations Ooh. you can hear in the background. It's all it's all mumbling. So you can't like actually hear stuff, but you can hear like people talking in different languages in the background that I don't know if you'd truly be able to hear if you were just listening to this on like TV speakers or stuff like this. The sound design is amazing in this show. It's it's just it's creepy. It's eerie. There's that weird like modern real synthy score that like deep Mm, bass that's on it. Yeah, it's it's interesting fascinating for sure mm-hmm. so yeah I'm having so fun far. so far yeah. yeah we're gonna reconvene uh thanksgiving plans kind of throw a wrench in how quickly we are able to meet again to record mm-hmm. uh might not be for like another week and a half two weeks something like that but uh we look forward to it we will watch more we'll finish it and we'll report back absolutely absolutely keep your eyes peeled for part two of our coverage all will be revealed maybe uh <laughs> for this next one but i'm excited to check it out um it's gonna be a lot of fun that being said melissa where can the people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit that's w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t and listen to my other podcast saturday morning obscurities there you go uh you guys can find me at yo kyle springer on twitter and if you guys would like to stay up to date with all that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. We will also be posting all of our stuff on co-host uh, from now on. We are just at The Whatnots on co-host too. Uh, so please go ch- check us out over there. That being said, this is number 94 of The Whatnots uh, Reactor Core. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>